Maybe 14, 15 years ago, the Washington Post uh, conducted a fascinating experiment. They got Joshua Bell, this world-class violinist, to agree to play music in one of the busiest subway stations in D.C., in the, in the federal district, and during morning rush hour. So on this Friday morning in January, this world-class violinist, he took his $4 million violin, he went, um, went to this particular subway station, and he played for 43 minutes six of the most beautiful uh, violin pieces he knew as commuters came and went. And the Washington Post, they recorded all this on a, on a hidden camera. In all, almost 1,100 people passed him by. I think it was 1,097. Uh, as he played. And of those nearly 1,100 people, a total of seven stopped to listen. You know, the vast majority, well over 99%, largely ignored this, this world-class violinist. Now, I think it's safe to say that with a handful of exceptions, those 1,097 people could physically hear the music he was playing, uh, but they, by and large, filtered it out either consciously or unconsciously. Their focus was elsewhere. And in this respect, this violinist experiment, it serves as something of a helpful analogy for spiritual deafness, something that we can draw out of our gospel for today. In our gospel, Jesus heals a deaf and mute man. And this is a real and true miracle, an event which actually happened. This individual could not hear, could not speak, and Jesus healed him, and then he could hear and speak. But there is always more to sacred scripture. There's always other layers to it. And we can see in this gospel a teaching about the affliction of spiritual deafness, as well as the remedy for spiritual deafness in Christ. So what is spiritual deafness? It's a hardness of hearing where God is concerned. And, um, you know, Pope Benedict XVI, he had this quote where he said that we have too many other frequencies feeling our ear in this day and age, which makes it easy for us to filter out God as those commuters filtered out this beautiful music on their way to and from work. We filter God out of our life. We scurry about our day concerned with this or that business, trying to solve this or that problem, and it maybe is important, but it's certainly not as important as the one who made us and who alone can truly fulfill us in this life or the next. What are those other frequencies that we fill our ear with that block us from, from hearing, listening to God? Well, first and foremost, we ought to speak about sin, uh, which serves as, as just a basic obstacle to our relationship with God. But we could also talk about technology, which has certainly brought us many good things, but has also delivered us into this age of distraction where we're so easily addicted to our devices. But the one that I kept coming back to as I was reflecting on this gospel, it's a little more philosophical. It's these assumptions our cultures have adopted over the generations, which can easily tend towards unbelief, towards a spiritual deafness. For example, I often have talked from this pulpit about relativism, the idea that Religious or moral truth is relative to a person or society, that there is no absolute religious or moral truth. Relativism, it, it certainly undermines the Catholic faith. It 
uh, robs our life of transcendent meaning. It, if we embrace relativism, we've embraced spiritual deafness. But there's a cousin, if you will, of relativism that I wanted to zero in on. It's called scientism. Now, it's different than science. Uh, the church is not opposed to science, never has been, but scientism is a different idea. Scientism is the idea that the only true knowledge, the only valuable knowledge, is scientific knowledge, is that which can be empirically verified, experimented upon, and tested via the scientific method. If we can't empirically investigate and test something, then at best it's an opinion, at worst it's a fantasy. And in a world where scientism is the default view, and when, when people embrace scientism, they're embracing spiritual deafness. They harden their hearts, to use a different analogy, to the reality of God. God sounds backwards and irrational, a myth. How can we really know God exists if I can't put him under a microscope, so to, so to speak, and prove that he exists that way? Or, you know, I spoke a lot this summer about the real presence as we went through John 6. You know, I think I spoke about the declining belief among Catholics in the real presence, tragically. But if a society where scientism is just kind of a, a default assumption, sadly, that, that makes sense that, that people would struggle to believe in the Eucharist. The transformation of the bread and wine at Mass into the body and blood of Christ, that's not a visible transformation. That's not an empirically verifiable transformation. It's a real transformation. But if you only believe empirically verifiable things are true, then you won't believe in the Eucharist. Now, there are a couple of good remedies for scientism, and one of them is good philosophy, using our reason, our intellect. And if we apply good philosophy to scientism, we see it self-refuting. Because the claim that only scientific knowledge is true and valuable, that's not a scientific claim. That's a philosophical one. And yet, what uh, empirical investigation or experiment could prove that only scientific knowledge is true and invaluable. And since scientism discounts philosophy, it's self-refuting. But there's a second remedy, one that's in our gospel, and one that I think is a little bit easier than sifting through philosophy, though it's complementary to using our reason. You know, there is a word at the heart of our gospel today that was so important, St. Mark recorded it in Jesus' original language, Aramaic. Ephaphatha, be opened. He takes this deaf, mute man away from the crowd by himself, touches his ear, touches his mouth, and he says, Ephaphatha, be opened. And the man can hear and speak plainly. And so... If this gospel warns of the affliction of spiritual deafness, the remedy is to go away with Christ daily in prayer, to remove ourselves from the crowd, so to speak, for a set period of time, and to allow our Lord to open our hearts and souls, our ears, our mouth, our eyes, our, our very being, to the saving truths of the gospel. You know, I think it's providential that we have this gospel for today, on Thursday, this past Thursday, we had four IHM sisters, Immaculate Heart of Mary sisters from Wichita, and um, a couple of them gave their vocation story to the students. One of the sisters told um, about being raised Catholic, going to Mass every Sunday, but nonetheless, 
even though she came from a practicing Catholic family, as a high schooler, she did not believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. You know, you can kind of see there an example of how this, this culture that tends towards unbelief could lead to a spiritual deafness in her, in her life. Nonetheless, she goes to this Steubenville conference one summer, which is a, a Catholic youth conference, and there she confides in an adult leader that she doesn't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, that leader um, could have pulled out John 6 and walked her through that. That leader could have used any number of rational arguments for Christ's real presence in the Eucharist, apologetics, all those are good and true. But that's not what she did. She said, I want you to sincerely and seriously pray about this this weekend. Well, she did, and by the end of the weekend, she had an overwhelming sense that Christ really was present in the Eucharist. What happened to this young woman? She went away from the crowd. She very sincerely, very honestly prayed to Christ, and he said, Ephaphatha, be opened. He opened her heart and her soul uh, to the wonderful truth of the Eucharist. You know, the truth is we live in an age of unbelief, an age which lends itself to this spiritual deafness. And so we need to not just go away with Jesus when we struggle with something, but every day. We need to daily go away with him so that he can say to us again and again, Ephaphatha, be open, so that he can open our souls to all the good things God wants to give us, so that he can make us the saints he created us to be.